0: You are listening to the Center Church Podcast. Center Church is an unapologetic urban church in the heart of Richmond for the heart of Richmond. Our mission is simple to empower people towards a life giving journey with Jesus. Enjoy the podcast. All right. Well, as we prepare to reflect on this scripture text, uh, we invite the kids to head out to kids ministry. So we got our volunteers. Thank you so much. We love our kids. We love our volunteers. We love Grogu, baby Yoda. All right. Yes. As the prophet Isaiah said, and a little Yoda shall lead them. All right. All right. Marvelous. Thank you all so much. It is such a gift to be in a spiritual community that values kids and has kids ministry every single week. We love it, love it, love it. All right. Um, Well, today we start our worship series on redefining names. And I wonder if we might begin with a name game, a pop culture quiz of a name game. All right? We're going to do a pop culture quiz, and I'm going to ask questions because if you were asking me the questions, I would miss them all. So uh, here's the deal. I will say a well-known person's birth name, and if you know this person by a more famous name, you just say it out loud, okay? So for instance, if I were to say Destiny Hope Cyrus, you might say Miley. Miley. Miley Cyrus. Okay, very good. Dev, I heard you first. Big Miley Cyrus fan here. That's great. This is your game. This is your game. Okay, great. All right. You ready? Next. Reginald Kenneth Dwight. Eisenhower? Oh. <laughs> Elton John. Yes. And Alison Ayler. of course you would get that. Thank you. Marvelous. All right. Ready? Ilenea Miranoff. Helen Miren. I tried to say it so you could hear it. Okay, sorry. Um, Belcalis Almanzar. Okay. No. Cardi B. Cardi B. All right. Uh, All right. Last one. Um, I'll give you a big hint. May he rest in gangsta's paradise. Artist Leon Ivey Jr. Coolio. Well done. All right. Okay, names have power. Names have power, don't they? Names can take on a life of their own. No one expected much from a Baltimore kid named George Herman Ruth, but the Yankee slugger Babe Ruth, now there's a legend, right? Gordon Sumner was an English bus conductor and then a school teacher, but it took Sting to write everyone's favorite creepy stalker anthem, Every Breath You Take, right? All right, names. Names names are important. Our worship series this month is redefining names, and you may have noticed before that in the Bible, names are important. People names like Thedor Leomer and Melchizedek Place names like Valley of Chaveh, which we read today, means the King's Valley. I mean, we get some weird names, don't we? And our courageous readers never quite know what they've signed up for. Laura Ruxton, way to go. Amazing. Yes. Ah. All right. Well, our main character today has one of the most famous names and most famous name changes in the whole Bible. In our story, he is Abram. Just a few chapters later, the Lord changes Abram's name to Abraham. You may have heard this name. Abraham is the ancestor of the world's three Abrahamic faiths, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. All three traditions trace their monotheistic roots, that is, their belief in one God, back to the God of Abraham. And while the name Abram means exalted ancestor, hinting at his legacy to come, the name Abraham, Abraham means ancestor of a multitude. And here we are, part of the multitude. Names are meaningful. Names are defining in the Bible. And so are name changes. So our name changes. And to be fair, our story today is not about Abram's name changing to Abraham. We didn't read that part. He stays Abram today. Nevertheless, this story is pivotal to understanding how Abram's life is beginning to change. And as children of Abraham, we can see in Abram's story how our lives are invited to change too. Okay, how our lives are invited to change too. So let's get into this story in Genesis chapter 14. This story, which one commentary calls the truly odd chapter in the Abraham story, which is saying something because there are some weird stories in Abraham's story. We didn't read the first part of chapter 14. Here's a recap. Ready? A coalition of local kings attacked and defeated the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, kings in this early part of the Bible may be less like national monarchs, like King Charles III, and more like local city chieftains, okay? And in this case, these local kings and their little militias banded together and attacked these two cities. They took All of the goods and provisions, and they even took some of the people, including Abram's nephew, Lot. When Abram got the news, he led the men of his house, only 318, to go after these rotten kings and their larger forces of invasion. And what happened? Abram's little crew whooped them. I mean, whooped them, routed them, ran them away, and then Abram brought back his nephew Lot with the goods and with all the other people. Okay? We're caught up. That's where our reading today begins. And this story that we read represents a change in Abram's life because... Up to this point, you would think, you would think that Abram is going to become this Wild West, Clint Eastwood underdog vigilante fighting to save the little people, like his nephew Lot. Yeah. He gets his ragtag army and he goes and he invades the town, and he gets everybody back and he saves every oh wow, what a military hero, right? One more patriarchal guy taking his revenge with more violence. Violence upon violence. One more warrior responding to one war by declaring another. An eye for an eye. It sounds just so Bible, doesn't it? oh. Right. Uh, right. uh. But let's look again. Let's look again because our story today introduces a shift in Abram's life. Abram is not going to be known for war. On the contrary, he returns from war and meets King Melchizedek of Salem. And the name Salem means peace. And this king of peace brings out bread and wine. Hmm. This king of peace brings out bread and wine, he blesses Abram, he blesses God, and Abram gives him one-tenth of everything he has. Well, this is a change. This is a change. I mean, I figured that Abram was being set up as this kind of King Leonidas who led just 300 Spartans in the Battle of Thermopylae. Against King Xerxes of Persia. Did anybody see that movie, 300? Stephen did. Okay, all right. Oh, Ken did. Yeah, guys, are war movies, right? Yeah, but the movie 300, they go up against King Xerxes and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and his massive army, but story arcs can change. Story arcs can change, lives can change. From war, Abram returns. To the blessing of peace. Instead of keeping the spoils of war, he gives 10% a tithe to the king of peace. And then the king of Sodom, I don't know if you caught this, king of Sodom says, hey, Abram, thank you very much. I will take my people back home, but you keep all the goods that you got back as payment for what you've done for us. And Abram says, no, you're not going to make me rich. I won't take a thing. I won't take a thing. Only the food that my men have already eaten and the share that's owed to them, the rest is already yours. It's already yours. Abram could have been a powerful warrior. I mean, that's how he's being set up here. He could have made a living, profiting from war, but given the chance to turn into that kind of city chieftain that he just defeated, he turned it down. He turned it down. He let it all go. When he opened his hands to receive the bread and the wine and the blessing of peace from the King of Peace. Children of Abraham, children of Abraham, how could our lives change? How could our lives change in this world, in these times, in this time of war in Ukraine? Did you know that Vladimir Putin is a Russian Orthodox Christian? Did you know that? What would it look like for for Vladimir Putin to ponder Abram in his heart? In this time of enrichment from war, what would it look like if arms manufacturers and arms dealers surrendered their profits for the blessing of peace? And in this time of unprecedented wealth, when so many of us have remarkable power to purchase and to pile up, what would it look like for us to lay it down? To lay it down like Abram, to give it away, to let go of all but the bread we need, Did you know that the CEB Bible translates that line in the Lord's Prayer, Give us this day our daily bread, as give us the bread we need for today. Just give us the bread we need for today. What would it take to change our lives to need only that much and no more? What would it take to live so differently that that our very names could change? Can I offer three spiritual practices to change our lives like Abram? The first practice is generosity. Melchizedek, King Melchizedek provides bread and wine and the blessing of peace, and Abram gives one-tenth of his wealth in response. Now, that is the origin story. This is the biblical origin story of tithing, giving away one-tenth. Now, churches have a notoriously tough time talking about money. Did you know that? Like right now, as I'm talking about it, are you like, "Mm -hmm. where are you going with this? Oh, where's the exit? We don't want to offend. We don't want to make uncomfortable. But as my colleague Tom Berlin says, financial stewardship is the number one discipleship issue for American Christians. And as my spouse Shay says, and she's even wiser, (laughs) she says, American culture wants you to believe that money is the most important thing. And giving it away is a way to remind yourself that that's not true. Have you ever done the math? We're not going to lock the doors and, like, make everyone do the math and then write a check. We're not going to do that. We don't carry checks, do we? Okay. But But have you ever done the math? I mean, think about what you earn in a year. (laughs) I can, like, feel the nervousness, like, (laughs) ah. No, think about what you earn in a year. I I have a a salary and a housing allowance. I add them together, and it's $800,000. I'm just kidding. It's not really... (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm kidding. Oh, (laughs) that is not true. Okay, not even close. Um, But but to get to one-tenth, you take off a zero, right? And that's (laughs) $80,000. That's $80,000. Now, how can I start my annual budget? With the understanding that eighty thousand dollars is mine only in so far as it's mine to give away, right? And then there's a side question that leaves seven hundred twenty thousand dollars. Can I live on seven hundred twenty thousand yeah. dollars? It's, tough. it's t- <laughs> you know, you know, right? Okay, all right. Uh I sure hope you can live on 720,000 a year. Yeah, Um, Shay and I do practice tithing, um, and it has been a blessing. It it took us a few years to get there. It did. Uh, We started at a smaller percentage. We worked our way up. Where can you start? Where can you start? As we consider the story of Abram, I, I just invite you into... I invite you deeper into the relationship between the blessing of peace and the giving away of wealth. Note that that's not the blessing of prosperity, but the blessing of peace and the giving away of wealth. I invite you to ask yourself what this community here is coming to mean in your life and what it can mean for others in our city. As our collaborative community moves toward a shared identity, we're getting closer to presenting a single location for giving. That's right. Soon there will be no more confusion about about picking one church name or the other to give to during the offering. It'll just be our community. I hope you can take some time to make a faithful commitment. The second practice. Second practice. Communion. In Abram's story, you probably picked up the resonance between Melchizedek, the king of peace, who brings bread and wine, and Jesus, our king of peace, who offers us his body and blood as the bread that we need for today. When we come to the table, when we come with our hands open to receive what seems so small, we are committing We are coming into the abundance of enough. When we come with our hands open to receive what can seem so small, we are coming into the abundance of enough. And it may surprise us, what is enough? It should. Week by week, Sunday by Sunday, may this humble practice of Holy Communion be changing your life. That's why we do it every single week, because we want it to reshape us. And the third practice, we've talked about generosity, we've talked about just the practice of Holy Communion. The third practice is renaming. It's renaming. We know that names are important in the Bible. We know that Abram is renamed as his life changes, and, and his life changes as he is renamed. Friends, the two church councils of Center and Boulevard have been working together these past few months And we are close to presenting a new name for our community. A single name. Now this is a big change. It's a really big change for both of the churches that first combined to form this congregation. But our lives have been changed together. And a redefining name beckons. The God who renames the saints is calling us forward in transformation and we hope to present this new name at the conclusion of our worship series this month okay it's a way forward there Um, a side note i this past friday this is remarkable a church in kansas city reached out and said we're working in refugee resettlement and one of the families we're working with Is moving to Richmond, is your church community the kind of community that could support this family? Are we? You know, I mean, as a community together, is that, I wonder, I hope, is that something that we could do, welcome a refugee family and take care of them, welcome them into life in Richmond? What a thing to do together. There's a lot coming before us, and And as it comes, as we prepare the way, may your hands and hearts be opened to giving generously and to receiving bread and wine and the blessing of peace. And may our lives be changing to befit a new name that will bless a multitude.